You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live. I am your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me over at hogsports.com with Trey Biddy. Danny West and Andrew Ellis, the crew over there. It feels crazy to say this, but we are nearly a quarter of the way through the college basketball season. That's nuts. Arkansas is off to a 6-1 and one start. We've got a lot to cover with this team, including Monday's win over Troy, the latest on Nick Smith and Devo Davis, and how things are shaping up for the Razorbacks. It should be uh, what I think is going to be a fun show today, so let's not waste any time and get started. All right, everybody, as always, want to remind you real quick of all the ways to watch and listen. Uh, the same Facebook page when we go live here, the same podcast channel where you find Trey on Hog Sports Live, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, you can find us over there. Different YouTube channel for Hog Hoops Live, so do me a favor and subscribe to our YouTube page if you get the chance. Just throw Hog Hoops Live in your Google machine, it'll take you where you need to be. Um, also want to take a quick second just to thank all of our new subscribers over at Hog Sports who took advantage of our holiday promo you know, we like to see Arkansas win no matter what it is, uh, and we won with the most new subscribers in the 24-7 network during this promo. Uh, that is awesome. And, you know, for any of those listening who are part of that group, we appreciate you. If you're already signed up, we're happy to have you. You know, if, if you're on the fence, uh, jump over it. Hogsports is still 50% off for a membership right now. We'd love to have you. But let's start talking some hoops. All right. Whew. It's been a lot to talk about. I'm sorry we haven't had the show for a couple weeks. I had every intention of doing something uh, kind of around the Maui Invitational, but I'm going to be honest with you, I was down bad with the flu, man. It was not a, a fun Thanksgiving around the Curtis household. Uh, me and my wife were both sick, so uh, I'm not sure you would have liked to, to look at this face or, or hear me speak too much during that week, but we're back now. We're rolling. Arkansas beat Troy last night, 74-61 um, to in Fayetteville. You hear that, you look at the box score, and you're like, oh, okay. Sounds like a pretty ho-hum, you know, run-of-the-mill type of night. I can assure you that it was far from that. It was kind of a weird night, a weird game. First, let's talk about who wasn't there. That, that's junior guard Devontae Davis. Uh, you know, by the time it was announced, most everyone, uh, I think, already knew because, man, that rumor train, it's relentless. It's got an unwavering motor, and, and things get out, and... And go crazy, but Eric Musselman released a statement prior to the game, uh, prior to tip-off, saying Devontae Davis is taking some time away from basketball. He has our full support at this time. Well, it doesn't sound real good, does it? You know, from a team standpoint, you know that that put Arkansas down another guard uh, in an already thin backcourt. It removes one of its only returning leaders from the equation. Uh, you know, like Must said afterwards, Devo averages the ninth most minutes in the SEC. Uh, that's not easy to replace out there, especially when you have a bunch of new faces. But I think most importantly by far is what this means, uh, you know, from a player and, and personal standpoint, man, you just hope Devo's okay uh, and that he shakes back and, and returns quickly. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a fruitless exercise probably to spend a bunch of time speculating on, you know, what happened, why he stepped away, whatever. But the point is you never know what a person's dealing with. Uh, and in Devo's case, he's one of us. Uh, and I hope people have enough sense to continue showing him love and support. And, and obviously we hope to have him back soon. Uh, great ambassador for the Razorback program. And, and the sooner he's back, the better for sure. Uh, but you get that news about a half hour before tip off. And then probably 90 seconds later, you find out uh, that Monday was also going to be the debut of, of freshman Nick Smith Jr. Nice. Let me tell you, that was a bit of welcome news because I am not exaggerating when I say that I've probably been asked about Nick 
two to three dozen times per day every day uh, since the season opener. It's wild. And I understand why. I mean, this is the kind of player that doesn't come around too often, right? And, and when Arkansas fans have one, you want to see the man play. You absolutely want to see him play, and, and so do I. So um, I get it. I get the angst around the situation. He's been in right knee management. What the hell does that even mean, right? Everybody's wondering what's going on. Well, yesterday made his debut. He's working his way back. Great, right? Great. Now, as great of a story as it would have been for him to come out and drop 30 on Troy and set the world on fire, I think you saw that this is going to be a process. You know, as easy as some of these guys make it look, playing basketball is not like riding a bike, man. When you've been out nearly a month, there's going to be some rust that you have to shake off. We saw some of that from Nick. You know, he only played six minutes. He's on a minutes restriction right now. I'd heard they wanted to keep him around that 10-minute mark. They played him six, one long rotation. They're going to ease him back into this thing, get him comfortable, uh, get him reintegrated with everybody on the floor. He looked a little amped up out there coming out of the gates. He kind of rushed and pushed that first three. Uh, that he took but I mean how could you not be when you get a huge ovation when you check in like that that was a really cool moment uh, man when he hit the scorers table Bud Walton went nuts you know that felt good for Nick you know it felt good I, I thought that was a really cool moment um, maybe a little amped up early on from there though I thought you could kind of tell that he was feeling things out uh, and so was the team but I think the biggest takeaway from it all was that he was back on the floor Right, this is a massive first step that Arkansas can really, really build on. I think ideally, uh, maybe Arkansas would have had that game under control, been able to get him a second rotation down the stretch. Uh, but as we kind of shift gears, gears towards this game for a few minutes, it, like I said, it was a weird one. It didn't really lend itself to that, I don't think. And and first of all. I mean, hey, man, credit to Troy, right? Those guys are good. I don't know a ton about Sunbelt basketball. I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that I do. But I can say with confidence that they are a team that's good enough to win that league. Uh, you know, Muss, Anthony Rudo, and those guys schedule, they like to get those uh, scrappy mid-major teams that they feel like can compete at the top of their league. Feels like Troy is a team that can do that. Uh, man, just overall, in my opinion, last night was almost the perfect storm uh, for something bad to happen in Bud. You know, like you've got this Arkansas team, they're down a player. They're trying to reincorporate another. You know, you're kind of forced to use some really unorthodox lineups, and they did. There were some wacky lineups throughout the game. Then you got the Maui hangover, and let me tell you, it was real. It was real. You know, Must said after the game that a bunch of guys looked like they were still on Maui time, uh, except maybe Ricky Council. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that was an emotional trip. It's a physical grind for three games. You got a ton of travel. You're crossing all these time zones. Sleep schedules are messed up. And Arkansas just looked a little bit, uh, I don't know, unfocused, maybe fatigued. Almost like they were sleeping through that game for a stretch. So, you know, you have all those things there. And then you add on that you're playing a Troy team that goes 10 deep. Uh, they've already won at Florida State. So they've gone and knocked off a, a power conference program. And they challenge you by throwing out these different full-court press looks the entire game. They're forcing you to execute against a zone defense, so it's just something that you're not even familiar with. When you add up all those factors coming into the game, you could see why, well, this might be a little bit more interesting than we're anticipating. Um, you know, like I said, Arkansas looked like they were sleepwalking out of the gates. A bunch of turnovers, just not sharp offensively early on. The defense looked like it had uh, maybe some heavy legs. Troy was getting it going from three. Oh, here we go. Uh, you know, the Hogs actually, actually trailed this game at halftime. That was the first time that's happened at Bud Walton this season. It was only by two points. I think it could have been a dozen, if not for Makai Mitchell. He was the guy that looked like he was ready to play in the first half. Nearly a double-double by the break. He had 10 points and nine rebounds at the break. Uh, he really bailed Arkansas out early in this one. He had four offensive rebounds and putbacks in the first half. Those were key for the Razorbacks. They really, really needed him uh, to step up, and he did. But yeah, down at halftime, Detroit held. The Hogs were down with seven minutes to play, and this game was 58-55. to Troy was winning this game with seven minutes to play. Uh, you know, before Arkansas finally, I don't know if they caught their first wind or, or found another gear or whatever, but they put on that 17-0 run to run away with this thing. So, you know, to me... Look, there are going to be nights where a team just doesn't have it. 
that's the way it is anywhere across the country. But, you know, the good teams or, or the great ones are able to dig deep and find a way uh, when they don't have their A game. And, and to Arkansas's credit, they did that. And so now they've got a full week to kind of shake it off, uh, you know, and return to form. Uh, thoughts on a few players from, from this game and then maybe big picture. Uh, mentioned Makai Mitchell's near double-double in the first half. He finished with 14 and, and 9 plus 3 blocks. A little bit quieter in the second half, but I thought he did a really nice job. You know, he played a lot at the 4 because you had Kamani Johnson in there for 32 minutes at the 5. So I thought Makai did a good job against that zone of screening up, screening high, uh, and roaming the middle, finding open space. And he was pretty patient with it when he caught it. You know, I, I think he had at least once, maybe twice, where he maybe tried to do too much putting it on the deck or, you know, drove into a charge. But for the most part, you know, he caught it in there. He turned, he surveyed, uh, was strong on his rolls. He found open space. So I, I thought it was a really good game from Makai. Uh, you know, Arkansas is still searching for uh, consistency from its bigs, right? But that's what a guy like Makai is capable of bringing you. He was his best game as a Razorback. And, and I do think that, I mean, who the hell knows what he's going to do Saturday, right? But I think between him, uh, you know, his brother, Mikel, who I thought really came along in Maui, and, and Kamani, obviously, you're going to have a guy every night, I think, that's ready to roll at that center spot for Arkansas. That's that's the perks of recruiting depth at that position, and, and, and Arkansas did that. So... Uh, you know, I'd like to see Jalen Graham get more involved, and maybe he will. There's only so many minutes to go around at that position. You saw that there's going to be times this year where Arkansas has to go bigger uh, and play with, with two forwards like they did. Hell, they had Trevin Brazil at the small forward spot for a long stretch in the second half. So you were playing Brazil, Makai, and Kamani all on the floor at the same time. Look, maybe Must thought he was going to see that at some point this year. I did not, and I don't. I don't know that that experiment necessarily worked, uh, but that's what you got to do sometimes, especially when you're thin in the backcourt right now, with Devo out, with Nick on that minutes restriction. Really, you had Anthony Black and Ricky Council; those are your guards, you know. And, and instead of going, I think a little bit deeper into that backcourt rotation with you know more guys like Pinion or, or Darian Ford, must felt comfortable with his big guy, so he rolled with a with a heavy lineup there. Got to do what you got to do to win a game, right? Ricky Council the fourth man. How much fun is this dude to watch? And how in the hell was he a bench player at Wichita State? I'll never understand that. Ricky is the real deal. Twenty-seven points against Troy. You know he's twelve of eighteen from the field. You can't guard him. He's an elite slasher. He can handle it in ISO or in the ball screens, which which is something they didn't expect from him. But he's been really good in that pick and roll. Uh, man, he elevates, obviously, number two on SportsCenter Top 10 with that crazy dunk. Great finisher, very acrobatic, uh, and, and he can get that jump shot cooking too. Now, you know, when you think about how dangerous this Arkansas team can become, consider that there's going to come a point in time where Ricky Council is a secondary option as a scorer for this team. That's impressive because the dude is a walking bucket. Anthony Black, you know, the breakout star from Maui, he looked a little bit tired to me, but I got to give him a lot of credit, man. He gutted it out for all 40 minutes. He didn't step off the floor for a second for Arkansas in that game against Troy while being one of the only ball handlers out there, while facing pressure uh, from Troy the entire game. You know, he made a couple more threes. I think at this point we can agree that he's at least more than serviceable out there from beyond the arc. He's been able to knock down enough of those where defenses are now having to adjust the way they were defending him. They just weren't guarding him early in the season. They flat out weren't guarding him. They were going under screens. He's made them pay enough now to where you're going to see it start to open some things up for him, especially when you get some more of that firepower going. When Nick gets rolling, you got more spacing for him. We're going to start to see him be able to attack it at better angles. Uh, we're going to see that passing start to shine even more than it already has. Uh, man, he's... Uh, He's a special kind of talent at that size. The things he's able to do as a, as a point guard, he's a really impressive player. And I, I thought he battled through some fatigue last night and, and did a nice job. There are some guys who do need to pick it up. Looking at this box score, Trevin Brazil, you know, he really struggled three points, zero rebounds, five turnovers. Come on now. You know, he's too talented to be a complete no show like that. And, you know, guys are going to have down games, but you need more uh, from him. He's expected to be such a big piece and he has 
been a little bit up and down where he has these huge breakout games and you just, you know, he'll, he'll have these stretches or, or nights where he disappears. Uh, so more consistency moving forward. I, I hinted at it earlier, but I do think, you know, he spent a lot of time legitimately playing that small forward spot. I don't know that that necessarily helped him in this game. There are matchups where he can do that. Uh, but when you have Kamani in there at the five, you got Makai at the four, and he's kind of roaming around within the lane too. There was really nowhere for Brazil to go. Um, I, they tried to have him do some baseline running and, and maybe some dunker spot stuff, but it was a little too clogged in there for him. Uh, nowhere for him to go as a ball handler. And then defensively, uh, you know, that, that was a tough matchup for him against some really quick guards from Troy. So I, I don't know that that necessarily helped his case, but I, I would anticipate he bounces back on Saturday, right? The reason he was in there at that small forward spot was because Jordan Walsh really struggled out of the gates, uh, and he couldn't get much going on 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 either end to the to the point where Must didn't start him in the second half. I mean, it was it was a pretty rough showing for Walsh in the first half, but uh, you know, to his credit, he came back in there and and he was a part of that big run for Arkansas to close the game. I'm not sure that he checked in at all until about the nine minute mark of the second half and. You know, it was shortly after that when Arkansas really got it going. I thought he was a lot more engaged defensively, uh, active on the boards. I think he scored four points during that stretch. So, uh, you know, the same thing. And you're gonna just you're just gonna have this with young players. But I I do think Arkansas needs him to start coming along more consistently. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen that athleticism shine more because we know he's an elite leaper, an elite level athlete. You see it on the defensive end of the floor, but I'm surprised we haven't seen it more. You know, maybe with offensive rebounds. Uh, attacking the glass and, and getting above the rim some in transition. So a lot of defensive potential, I mean, incredible defensive potential. Offense still very much a work in progress. Eh, he's seven games into his Arkansas career, right? You know, looking ahead just a bit here for Arkansas, you know, you have two more home games here with San Jose State on Saturday, uh, UNC Greensboro Tuesday, that are going to be important when it comes to progressing, right? I think it's really important that Arkansas takes a step forward in each of these games. Uh, why? I mean, you don't want to get too stagnant or, or complacent because you have a stretch where, you know, your talent alone should be able to win you these two games, right? I mean, if we're being blunt about it. You want to get Nick back in a rhythm, get him back comfortable in the rotation, Again, fingers crossed you that, that we get our man Devo back. Uh, but the thing with me is, you know, I understand every year is different. I get that. But I also think it matters that, you know, after this two-game stretch, you're really hitting that point in the year where Arkansas typically hits that downswing where we start to wonder what the hell is going on and, and is this team falling apart, right? That's coming up. Now, Arkansas always overcomes it, but but you would like to just – maybe one year avoid that two to three week stretch where it looks like, you know, the aliens from moron mountain on space jam came and stole everybody's talent. I mean, there's, there's been stretches these last couple of years where they have just looked rough out there, completely lost. You want to avoid that if you can. So making progress these next couple of games, I think will set them up to be in a good position to do that. But again, we're about to hit that stretch. December 10th. That's a week from Saturday, Oklahoma, we all know how that went last year. It was not fun. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, and I've watched Oklahoma play three games this season. Uh, they're a tournament team. Arkansas is better. They're more athletic. They're deeper. But you've got some demons you have to go exercise at the BOK Center. I, I mean, you just do. That was a rough outing last year. Uh, you need to go back there and, and kind of right that wrong. Then the following weekend, you get Bradley. Okay. It's in North Little Rock. Has there ever been a game that made sense when it was played in Simmons Bank Arena? I mean, I can't recall one in, in, the, in the recent history of Arkansas basketball. We know that Hofstra game was crazy last year. Uh, so you know that that one can be tricky. And then you got one more tune-up, and, it, and it's SEC play, man. I mean, it's, it's right around the corner. Remember, Arkansas started SEC play 0-3 last season and the beginning of the slate is tricky again you know last year Arkansas came back from Christmas break uh, they went to Starkville and played Mississippi State that was a rough one JD notes they didn't play whatever this year it's a trip to Baton Rouge to open SEC play and I know they have a new coach uh, I do think they're playing well uh, but that's never an easy place to go win especially to open up SEC play you get Missouri and improved Missouri team at home okay 
But then a Saturday trip to Auburn, that's a difficult place to play. And if you remember what Arkansas did to them in Bud Walton Arena last year, you know that they're going to be fired up for that game. That's going to be a tough one, not going to be easy at all. Then you got Nate Oates coming to town for a midweek. Bama's good. So, you know, I, I think it's important that Arkansas gets as dialed in as possible before league play starts. Avoid that stretch this year. How nice would it be if Arkansas goes into Christmas break and, and into SEC play with one loss and they look good? You know, you, you had that loss to Creighton, but man, that was such a hard fought game. You knock off San Diego State, a tournament team on the bounce back. You notch another resume win over Oklahoma. Then you're then you're talking because we know that Arkansas is going to be playing its best basketball by the end of the season. So the more you stack on now, the better. Got to be ready for league play. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Speaking of league play, I, I, do, I want to do something a little bit different before we get into some questions because, you know, maybe let's play a little buy or sell in the SEC because, like I said, I had the flu over Thanksgiving week, and I spent a lot of time parked on my couch watching SEC hoops, checking some of these teams out. Uh, some I was impressed with, some I, I wasn't. And, you know, we can revisit this in a few weeks. Right, but let's just go across the league here because Arkansas, this is a, a prime opportunity for them uh, to go win an SEC title. What's the competition looking like? Buy or sell? Alabama? Y'all going to hate me for it. I'm buying. Look, I, I know there's limitations to their style of play. They chunk a lot of threes up there. Uh, but look, Brandon Miller has the goods. He's a tremendous freshman. His teammates of Nick Smith on Brad Beal Elite. Uh, this guy is really good. And, and Alabama's got a tough team now. They're long. They're athletic like Arkansas. I think they've been one of the best teams in the league early. They just had that crazy four-overtime game against North Carolina. They, they beat up on Michigan State. They took a loss in there to, to a UConn team that's playing really well. Uh, but Alabama looks pretty good. They're going to be formidable. They're going to they're going to be in the mix there. I do believe that. Auburn, I'm selling. I'm selling right now on Auburn. Look, I think Janai Broom and and Johan Treor uh, are really good players in the front court. I do. They're not Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. Those guys were difference makers for that Auburn team last year. So I think they've taken a step back there, and nothing has changed in that backcourt. It's the same guys. The same guys that caused them trouble last year. Very good players. Look, Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, really, really good players. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but, man, they shot them out of some games, and decision-making has, has been problematic there at times. So do I think Auburn's a tournament team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but do I think they are what they were last year? Not necessarily. Now, the problem is you only get them once and you have to go there. And that's a very difficult place to play. Kentucky? I, I'm buying still. And I, I know what you're thinking. You know, what the hell is wrong with Curtis? They haven't looked good so far this year. I, I get it. But for me, it's pretty simple. Like, Oscar Shibway is a bad man and he's still on the team. That's just an X factor for me that, that makes me think that they're going to eventually figure it out. I like Casey Wallace a lot. Severe Wheeler is good at the point guard position. Jacob Toppin's a good player. Uh, they've got pieces, but, man, when you got a guy like Oscar Shibway, it just makes me believe that, that ultimately you're going to be in the thick of it. What that means for their long-term success, I don't know. But when it comes to the SEC race, I think they're going to be right there. Tennessee just beat Kansas. I'm selling reluctantly, though. They're a load defensively. They really are. I, I, I think they're, they're every bit as good as Arkansas defensively. They do it a little bit differently. 
a little bit of a, of a more powerful team uh, as, as opposed to the just the tremendous athletes and the quickness and the disruption. Tennessee is absolutely hoisting threes. I mean, they are chucking it. But what's the ceiling for that group? You know, Rick Barnes is a great coach. They call him regular season Rick for a reason. You know, is he going to be able to get him over the hump, get him into that second weekend this year? I don't know. You got to look at it on both sides of the coin. You know, it, it's they've got a lot of returners. It's a veteran group, but it's the same group that that's only gone so far once they got to the NCAA tournament the last couple of years. So, so I don't know what the ceiling is there, but I, I think I've kind of reached the point where I, you know, it, it's like a, I need to see it to believe it kind of deal. You know, a few more here. Mississippi State seven and zero. I'm buying them as a bubble team. I just think Chris Jans is a great coach. And he fits there like a glove in Starkville. You know, he did a, I thought, a phenomenal job game planning against Arkansas when he was with New Mexico State at the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, you know, his teams are tough. They're physical. They're defensive-minded. That kind of fits the DNA for Mississippi State. I just think it's a good fit there. Tulu Smith is a beast. Uh, they've got a couple nice wins already over Marquette and Utah. So I, I could see them being in that bubble conversation at the end of the year. Missouri, also 7-0. and Still selling on that one for now. You know, a lot more fun to watch, that's for sure. Uh, I think Dennis Gates has brought a lot of energy to that program. They've got some good pieces around Kobe Brown. I'm a big Isaiah Mosley fan. Uh, but they've not really – well, I mean, they haven't played a, a team ranked inside the top 50, uh, 150 of Ken Palm yet. So they need to challenge themselves. That's coming. That's coming at some point here. But so far, that, that 7-0 record seems a little bit hollow to me. They just haven't been challenged yet. You're just going down the list. You know, a couple more I'm not sure if I'm buying yet. You know, LSU and Florida. I just need to see more with those first-year coaches. When are they going to really settle into the program? When are the guys going to figure out what they're trying to do? And they've got some talent. How far is that going to take them in year one? We'll see. Ole Miss, I could be buying as a potential bubble watch team. Watch them play Oklahoma over the weekend. Uh, they're pretty good. They've got some talent, uh, some length in there. Uh a freshman, Abram, he shared uh, co-SEC player or co-SEC freshman of the week honors with Anthony Black. He's a really nice piece. Uh, Matt Morell, Sean Ruffin, they've got some players in there. I, I could see them being a potential bubble team. You know, Texas A&M, I know they had some ugly early results. They got beat up on it at whatever early season tournament they were in. But I can almost guarantee you that Buzz Williams will have them, you know, at least a tough out by the end of the season. They seem to be, you know, one of those teams that plays better as the year goes along, too. But then what about Arkansas, you know? I don't know why you'd expect any different, but I'm buying here, obviously. Uh, you know, there are teams out there right now that are better than the Razorbacks. There are. But I'm not sure you can find one in the country that is as good as Arkansas is right now with as much potential room for growth by the end of the year. Does that make sense? We haven't even seen the full squad yet. And Arkansas is a legit top 15 team. To me, when Nick Smith is, is full go, fully acclimated, comfortable, I just feel like that backcourt of him, Anthony Black, and Ricky Council IV is as good as any that you're going to find anywhere in the country. I mean, that's nasty. It is. And it stands to reason, you know, guys like Jordan Walsh, Trevin Brazil, they're only going to improve and become more consistent as the year goes along, so long as they stay bought in. I don't know why they wouldn't. You have so many options at the center spot that you feel like on a night-to-night -night basis you're going to be able to figure it out. So, you know, there's depth. There's elite potential defensively. The offensive firepower is about to take a step forward. I just feel like if this group stays connected and bought in, they've got the highest ceiling of anybody. All right. Let's get to some questions, and then we'll get out of here for the day. We'll, we'll start with a couple from our Razor's Edge message board first, and we'll hop over into the chat. Looks like we got some comments in there, too. Uh, let's see here. J&J &J Wood asked, uh, are the slow starts chemistry and role-related, uh, or do you think that they may sleepwalk through the first half of most games this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that some of that is, you know, role-related, Adding the firepower of Nick Smith is is something that I think is going to help with that once that you know he gets rolling. Some of that though, I I think is philosophical with Arkansas, in that, you know these guys absorb so much scout 
Arkansas game plans really at a level that a lot of teams don't. There's a lot of information there. I think there's so much that goes into their preparation that it takes a few minutes of, of feeling out during the game before they really kind of lock in and, and figure it out and can implement it. I do think that's a real thing. And I also think that Muss is a master of adjustments. Uh, you know, so something might not be going exactly like expected. He's eventually going to make the right tweaks. So, uh, yeah, you'd like to see him you know, get off to maybe some faster starts in some of these games. Uh, I think they will, again, once Nick is healthy and, you, and you've kind of got that core, you know, starting rotation figured out. Uh, but, yeah, I do think there's, it's a little bit of a stylistic thing with, with the way they prepare, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of game plan for other teams. It might lead to a little bit of that. And I feel like he's mentioned that in the past. Razor Backer says, has Council become the new and better version of Note? <laughs> I mean, dude, that's a pretty good comp because just his ability to create uh, and just go get you a bucket when needed. He's, he, you know, new and better version. I, I think he's he's definitely more efficient so far uh, than what JD was. You know, I like to think of Council as maybe a much more athletic version of Mason Jones. Just with his size, his their craft off the bounce, I think, is similar. You know, Ricky's a really special talent because he can do a lot of those things, but he's so explosive. You know, Mason was not an above-the-rim player. Ricky Council lives above the rim. He has a, a penthouse suite above the rim. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's in that kind of mold of, of a guy that can just go be a bucket getter. And like I said earlier, man, there's going to come a time here where Nick is your, your primary scorer, you know, maybe he's Batman and Ricky Council's Robin, you know, Mario and Luigi, whatever fantastic duo you want to think of. That's a hell of a start there. And then you think about, you know, what does that do for a guy like Anthony Black at the point guard position? Because, you know, we, we've seen him really break out as a scorer and you love that. And you know how he can impact the game in so many ways. But what, what makes him the most special, I think, as a player is just his high IQ uh, his ability to run the show, play with pace, and his passing, his vision, his understanding of the game. When when you you put a guy like Nick Smith at full throttle on one side of him and Ricky Council on the other, and then probably a you know a Trevin Brazil as a as a stretch man and a floor spacer, that makes Anthony Black an infinitely infinitely better player. So man, yeah. Council's, Council's really been tremendous, and, and I just think, you know, once these guys are full strength and they really get rolling, once we get into that February and March time period, they're going to be hard to stop. And we've talked a lot about the defense that's carried the team early on. They've, they've, they've showed some leaks right here in, in Maui and, and maybe some last night, uh, but I do think that there's potential for this offense to be really good and, and maybe better than we've seen so far. DBJ Hog 23 asks, uh, why did Musk go to the trouble of starting Barry? Then immediately mention him when he made a mistake. His leash with some versus others seems to be unbalanced. Uh, I get we can't complain about these things as long as we're winning, but it isn't doing the players any favors when he gets this kind of thing, when he does this kind of thing, in my opinion. <coughs> Excuse me. I think a couple things can be true here. Um, yes, Arkansas started Barry Dunning. Last night, he played, I think, 75 seconds, uh, and, and that was it for the night. Uh, you know, First of all, I'm glad Barry got a look, but he does have to be ready to play. Now, I mean, when you, when you come out, you turn it over right away. It might have been his first touch, uh, and then you go down in transition. You get popped for a three. Are you showing that you're ready to contribute out of the gates? So uh, I understand the quick trigger there. So would I have liked to see him get another look? Yeah, but you know, you're in such a tight game. It was a weird game. Um it felt like Arkansas needed to go with the, you know, the guys who had kind of got him there to that point to just find a way to win that game. And Barry, I think he's got a really bright future. I think he can help the team in in certain ways this year. Uh, but he hasn't been one of those guys just yet. And so I think Musselman kind of leaned on, on the guys who have got him there. And, you know, that includes Nick Smith. I, you know, he said after the game there were a lot of times where he thought maybe, uh, man, maybe I should go back to Nick. Maybe I should go back to Nick. Can he give us a jolt, a spark, whatever. Uh, but he knew that wouldn't be fair to put Nick in that type of situation. I thought that was a pretty savvy decision. You're trying to win games as a college basketball coach. 
uh, you got a Ferrari sitting on the bench and, and Nick Smith. Uh, but I agree with that. I don't think that was a good position to put him in. I think he made the right call. Arkansas wound up, you know, getting it done in the end. So, yeah, I, I do kind of understand the quick trigger there with Barry. Uh, on the other hand, I wouldn't have started him in the first place. And that's not a knock on Barry. But, you know, I know you had to replace Devo in the lineup. Uh, and Nick wasn't quite ready yet. Uh, but I, I would have probably slid Walsh up to the three and started Brazil at the four. Because he's your next man up. He started before, he's produced for you, he's been there, done that. Uh, I think that's probably the move I would have made instead of doing something completely unorthodox like that. But what the hell do I know? I don't get paid the big bucks, right? Uh, and, it, and it worked out for him in the end. So, Last one from the Razor's Edge. Uh, Wes Hogg, 21, asks, how long do you think it will be, how long do you think it will take before Nick looks like Nick? That's a good question. I, I, I really don't think it's going to take too long. And in, in fact, I think he's going to be rolling pretty good by the time the Hogs go play Oklahoma. You know, last night was just about getting his feet wet. Just get back in there, run around, break a sweat. Um, just reacclimate yourself a little bit. Now he's got a full week of practice before this San Jose State game. So I, I think he's going to look a lot better and probably play more in that one. Uh, and then another opportunity on a quick turnaround on Tuesday. And then you've got, you know, almost a full week of practice again before that Oklahoma game. It wouldn't surprise me if Nick's in the starting lineup by the time Arkansas goes to Oklahoma on the 10th and that he's rolling pretty good. He, he's definitely going to get it going here for sure. And I, I don't think it's going to take very long. He's just too talented, man. He's too good. Okay. Let's go over to the chat and see what we have here. Zachary Beeler, my guy, says, what's up, Curtis? Do you think Ricky is a top 10 SEC player? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to go down the list, but, uh, you know, Arkansas is a, a top one or two team in the SEC right now, and Ricky's their best player. At least he has been. So, yeah, I think he qualifies for that. Uh, I'd have to go and look at the stats again, but I think he was averaging close to 19 points per game before last night, so he's probably over 20 per game now. Uh, I don't know how many of those you have around the country at this point, uh, but yeah, I, I I really think he is. What a great pickup by Muss, man. They just have this knack for identifying guys, and, and again, you know, like I was saying earlier, this dude was, and he was really good at Wichita State. I mean, he was sixth man of the year, but he was coming off the bench at Wichita State. But they saw the intangibles there, and then you bring him in, and it's interesting because you think, you know, well, okay, we, we got a guy that's comfortable coming off the bench here. Maybe he can give us some pop in that second unit. No. No. I said, the hell with that, man. We're putting you in the starting lineup. TB can come off the bench. And he's thrived in that role. And you thought he was going to be a wing scorer for you. Eh, let's see if he can handle it as a, as a primary ball handler because Nick is out. Let's put him in some pick and roll. Anything they, let's, let's make him a distributor. Anything they've asked Ricky Council to do up to this point, uh, he's done and he's excelled. He's got a great attitude. He works hard. Yeah, I think he's a top 10 player in the SEC. Josh Grubb says the, that heat check by Nick Smith would have blown the roof off if it went in. Uh, didn't look 100% on that knee to me. Have you heard anything more about it? Uh, there's nothing more to hear about it. I mean, it's it, it, was, it was what they said it was, right? Right knee management. Um, you know, just making sure that thing's 100%. We know that he had tweaked it in Europe. Uh just making sure he's up to speed, man. It's a hell of an asset that you have there. So, so you got to be a little bit cautious with it. Um, and I think he's fine. I think, you know, maybe not, uh, he didn't look a hundred percent on his knee, but he's got to get back into game shape. Right. And then up to game speed. And so for me, what I saw from Nick and I could be wrong, uh, but what I saw from Nick was more or less, uh, just kind of feeling things out and trying to get just comfortable and acclimated and find his spots on the floor again. He looked like he might have been a step slow because he was thinking too much instead of playing and reacting. And that's to be expected when you set out for a month. I think that's what I saw. Again, I could be wrong, uh, but that was the feel that I got for it. And, dude, yeah, the the heat check there, had he have made that, it could have been like one of those and one mixtape things where they just, like, called the damn game off, right? Everybody just runs out on the floor uh, picks him up, puts him on his shoulders, and, and carries him out. I mean, it would have been crazy. The, the electricity in that building at that point, 
was absurd. And whenever he does get his first bucket, it's going to be awesome. I just hope it doesn't come on like, you know, a putback, you know, little tip in or something like that. Like I want him to be a catch and shoot three, man. Just drill one like that uh, because you're right. It'll send the roof right off the place. But yeah, I think uh, he didn't look a hundred percent to me, but I don't, I don't know that it was knee related so much as just getting back in the flow and the rhythm and the feel of a game. Josh Wilbank says, what's up, Curtis? What's up, man? Kenneth George is watching from Hot Springs. I like it. It's a good place to be. Gary Cherry says, where are we going bowling? Okay. That's a that's a fantastic question. You know, it sounded like uh, maybe Liberty Bowl or Texas Bowl uh, was kind of the lean there. When are, when are both of those games? December 28th, I think. Yeah, I know Pittman had mentioned uh, that Las Vegas Bowl. That's a little bit earlier. It's on December 17th, so I don't know how that would impact you know, them wanting to get all their practices in. I I don't know. I'd have to go look at that. But, uh, man, that, that, that'd be the one to sign me up for. You know, if I'm a player, okay, I can go to Memphis. You know, I can go down to this Texas Bowl. Or I can go to Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I, I would imagine the swag bags down there are pretty awesome. So, you know. Jeremiah Jenkins says, is that Z Beeler on 24-7 mod? Yes, that is that is the one and only Z Beeler. Demonte Lamar Dickerson says, bro, I like you more than Trey Biddy. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate, I'm glad you like the show. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Trey Biddy, though. I can't say a bad word about the man. Let's see here. Bieber says, Devo is, a, is an all-time hog. Hope he's okay. Me too. Me too. Yeah, you, you always put the person first, you know, in situations like this. I don't I don't know what's going on, man, but... Um, you know, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Josh Wilbank says, do we have a three point shooter in the mix? Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about with this team, you know, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag with Arkansas. I, I think if you probably go look at their overall three point percentage right now, I, I know it's under 30% and you're thinking, well, we, we didn't think this team would be able to shoot and they can't. Uh, but they've had some games, you know, where, where I think they've looked really good. It's all about their shot selection. Uh, when they're taking good ones, you've got some guys who can knock them down. Anthony Black has proven that. He, he's a guy who can give you 30 35% from three and a little bit of volume. Council, a guy who's much better getting to the rim. You want him taking that thing to the rack. But he can shoot 30 to 35% from three and give you a little bit of volume. Trevin Brazil. You like him playing above the rim. You love him as a pick-and-roll guy. But how many of those games he had, how, how huge was he against Creighton, against San Diego State, for his ability to, to serve as a trail man or a pick-and-pop guy and knock down those threes? Before last night, he had hit 10 of them. He was shooting 41% from three. I think he's a guy that can shoot a high percentage for Arkansas. So they got some guys there. If the right ones are shooting them, uh, you're in a pretty good spot. I think Walsh is a guy that can progress from there. It's a good-looking shot. He's just got to have a little bit more confidence, get into that thing a little bit better. Uh, but it's there. And then I, th I think once you get Nick Smith back, you know he's a guy who's going to be able to give you a lot of volume. He's going to shoot at a pretty good percentage there. So, you know, do I think Arkansas has a bunch of burners like like Golden State? No, absolutely not. Do I think they're going to be a, a good or great three-point shooting team? No, I don't. Uh, but we know that their strengths lie elsewhere. So all they really need to be able to do is shoot well enough from three to where teams are forced to respect them on the perimeter, to where they can't sit back and play on the drive, to where they can't pack the paint like some of these teams have been trying to do early in the season. And I think you can get that from Arkansas. You know, they made between six and seven threes per game uh, at, at right at 30% last year. I think that this is an Arkansas team that can make six to seven threes per game and shoot it at a higher percentage this year. I do. Hopefully they prove me right. Kenneth George says it was a lot closer than the score indicates. Ricky played great. Yeah, it, it really was. You know, like I said, Arkansas was down by three with seven minutes left. Uh, and then they just they just overwhelmed Troy down the stretch. You'd like to see him do that out of the gates. But you know, like I said, sometimes you just don't have it. And and you could tell right away that they had some, you know, some hangover effect from that trip to Maui. 
and that, you know, the focus and the typical energy just wasn't there, but they gutted it out. And when they needed to pull it out, they did. Jonathan Parker says, who is ahead of, who is ahead out of Dunning Ford Pinion? Uh, will, oh, you ran off here. There we go. Who's ahead out of Dunning Ford Pinion? Will any of them get any significant playing time this year? Um, I mean, I, w- I would say Barry's probably ahead of that, uh, ahead of that pack for now. Um, he would be the guy probably that, that I think would have the best chance of contributing, you know, to the cause this year. I mean, he's already earned a start. I, I know he didn't get to do much with it, but there's a reason that happened. You know, he does things the right way. He's working hard. He's long. He's athletic. He's versatile. He defends. Those are all good things. Uh, you know, Pinion's a guy, you know, if Arkansas finds itself in a pinch, uh, they're going to insert him in here and, and, and let him, you know, look to knock down some threes. He got in for a stretch last night. Arkansas was getting zoned. He was in in that game late against uh, against Creighton, where Arkansas was going to need a three. So there's a little bit of a trust factor there that you're already starting to see with Pinion. So, you know, if Arkansas does continue to struggle from three, maybe we see his looks increase. Jonathan Parker says, "Do you, do you think the Ladybacks should be ranked?" Yeah, I do. That's that's crazy to me that you know they're undefeated. Were they up to eight and zero now? They just went and won that tournament. They they blew out a top 25 team in the last game, uh, and they're still receiving votes. Were they not receiving votes at the beginning of the year? Like I mean, like what the hell do you have to do here? It's an SEC program. They're undefeated. Uh, they just had a great run at a tournament, and they and they beat up on a top 25 team. Rank them, cowards. What are we doing? Matthew Turner says, "How deep of a rotation do you think we should run?" I, you know. Some people get irritated uh, by Muss. He, he plays six, maybe seven guys once he really gets into the season. Um, you know, some teams run 10 or 11 guys out there. I I, I kind of was in the middle when I was coaching. Um, I, I do buy into the philosophy of keeping your best players on the floor and, and playing them through some heavy minutes. Uh, but I do think there has to be some balance there, especially when you have a bunch of freshmen like Arkansas does because they haven't gone through this grind before. And, and, and eventually there's going to be a wall that these guys have to fight over the top of. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I keep an eye on the minutes of a guy like Anthony black, uh, who's just, he's just out there every second because he's so valuable to what you're trying to do. Uh, I'm hoping that when Nick Smith gets back up to speed here, that it allows Arkansas to give a B some more breathers throughout the flow of a game, uh, just for the longevity of the season. Cause you don't want him to wear himself out. Uh, but, you know, for me in terms of rotation, I, I, I probably stretch it out a little bit further uh, than Must does. I was more of a, you know, we've got a top seven who really share a bulk of the minutes. You know, I like to have my five starters, uh, a guard that I really turn to for good minutes, a, a forward that I would really turn to for good minutes. Uh, so it was really a, a heavy seven and then an eighth, maybe a ninth man that would get in there depending on matchups. But yeah, I don't, I don't go crazy. I'm not I'm not the hockey line change, five in, five out kind of guy. With this Arkansas team, I, I do think it'll, by the end of the year, it'll look like a situation where maybe they're playing more guys just because that center spot, I think, is going to continue to be uh, a revolving door. Maybe that's not the best term for it, but like a platoon, right? I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to have the situation where, okay, Makai Mitchell is the guy. He's going to play 35 minutes a game at center for Arkansas. I don't think that because you're going to have TB playing some small ball five. Uh, you know, he's going to, Makai is going to be platooning with Mikel and Kamani is going to have his spots. Jalen Graham, you know, at some point is going to get in there. So I think those minutes are going to be distributed out. But I, where I think you're going to have the heaviest load on guys is in the backcourt because they are a little bit thin at guard. Now, if you get fully healthy, you got Nick back in, in the mix, you got Devo back in the mix, then you got a pretty good, you know, platoon of guys there as well. So, it might wind up being a situation with this Razorback team uh, where it is closer to eight or nine guys, but I think that's more because nobody's necessarily going to take the bull by the horns at that center spot. Jonathan Parker says, seen a, a projected to Las Vegas versus UCLA. So that'd be cool, man. You know, a lot of people get excited about, uh, you know, all the, the Texas Bowl and, and let's play Oklahoma or whatever. You know, 
maybe it's just because I'm a younger guy, but that doesn't do a lot for me. You know, I don't know. I don't get that excited about these Big 12 games because to me, uh, you could schedule them and, and play a regional team at any time. You know, if I'm going to a bowl game or something, I want I want to play somebody exotic. You don't see a lot of Pac-12 schools or, or ACC schools or Big Tens or whatever. Play somebody that you don't see that often. And and that's why and I, I want to touch on this before we get out of here. I can't believe I didn't say anything. But, uh, you know, it, it sounds like the SEC Big 12 challenge in basketball is going away. TV rights deals, whatever. But they're implementing an SEC ACC challenge. Okay, sign me up for that. Because to me, Arkansas can schedule Oklahoma every year, Texas every year. They're about to be in the SEC every, uh, you know, anyway. But you can go play a Texas Tech or a Baylor or an Oklahoma State anytime you want to, regionally. But you know what you're not going to see very often? Uh, Duke coming to Bud Walton Arena or having the opportunity to go to Chapel Hill and play North Carolina. Those games are cool. That's what excites me about it. So I'm really, really looking forward to this SEC ACC challenge that's coming up. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Whew. Okay. I think it's going to wrap us up for the day. It was a fun show. Sorry it's been a couple weeks. You know, Like I said, I want to do something during Mally, but, man, y'all didn't want to see me with that flu. I was, I, was, I was down bad. Be on the lookout on our YouTube for a video, probably from Bud Walton Arena after the San Jose State game on Saturday. I think our next studio episode is likely going to be Wednesday after that midweek game so we can preview the uh, the Oklahoma game the following weekend. Okay. Well, listen, like always, man, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, being a part of the show, the interaction. Uh, that's why I do this. It's a great time. So appreciate you guys as always. This has been Curtis Wilkerson with Hog Sports, and we will catch you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.